2: It's 2 p.m.
1: in Memphis, Giannotto and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence, live on Memphis'
0: sports station, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
2: mother, can you hear me It's been three weeks since I have left home.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller is of the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across me is the Crucial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist in the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNotto. Mark, good day, sir. Well... We went through our first
0: YouTube NFL Sunday, Jeffrey. How did it go? I've been waiting to hear the verdict from someone. Yeah, I've I've heard other people's verdict. Generally, it seems like well received, but you're not necessarily part of the crowd all the time on this on this type of things. And I feel like you are an expert sports TV watcher. So if if you don't like it, that concerns me.
1: I was prepared for it to go poorly. Mm-hmm. It did not go. It did not go well. I think, though, I am. I think it was an internet problem. Okay. So essentially, you're streaming. You know, you how got, much buffer did we get? The entire second half of the afternoon games mm-hmm. on Red Zone mm-hmm. was a disaster. Really? I mean, I oh spent no. I spent more time trying to just angrily reset the television so you could get the so you could get the. Internet. And that back. never
0: happened with DirecTV. No.
1: I mean, the only thing you ever had to worry about on DirecTV was whether or not... But you think that was not YouTube-related. You think was, that was your internet I think that you're running, you're running you know, three streams at once. And mm-hmm. that was indeed the problem. I was expecting this. The early window was fine, and like, then the afternoon I was afternoon thinking window. of you during
0: the witching hour. Like where, where, it was was it good during the witching hour? Did you
1: feel like you could have...
0: That's your favorite part. Of NFL Sunday.
1: Well, the other problem that I had is they kept they kept really harping on. Remember before they said you were going to be able to open up four stream, you know, multiple yeah. streams. Like it was you were going to be limited but to you two can't streams. Pick
0: the four games they pick them for you, correct? Right? Yeah.
1: Although they kept advertising you could build your own, mm. you could build your own technology. Not there yet. Well, you, I, I'm as technologically capable of watching television as anyone. I never saw how to build your own stream. I saw where you could go and choose from their, pre, their pre-packaged their mm-hmm. streams. Yeah. And just, just not great. I mean, it was nice to have Hanson on the TV, mm-hmm. to not have Siciliano. But then I'm starting to get upset. I think I'm just doomed to just always be upset with Red Zone. Like, this wasn't Hanson's fault, but I'm just mm. upset with Red Zone because I can't keep up. Well, I I
0: debated whether to spend. I didn't know it was four hundred dollars for Sunday ticket. But how? I don't know.
1: I just never had it. I've never had we the talked option about to, this. The whole I know, show. but I just, like, for
0: some reason I thought it was cheaper. I thought it was like like. Well, you don't have,
1: like you can get it for like. There's ways to get. I think now technically you can get it for like three fifty. Okay. But you also have the option. Thanks be to the commish, you could go get you some NFL Plus and then well, get the red zone package in, on NFL Plus.
0: Well, I decided not to do it, and yesterday. In between, you know, watching the kids, whatever, the because of the, I really am not as upset about my decision to buy to not buy Sunday ticket as I am with this these TV
1: disputes that are going on. We're nothing more than pawns.
0: Because so today we learned Spectrum, which no one get, no one. It didn't matter here. The dispute that didn't matter here finally got settled with ESPN today. Charter, right? I guess it's like a lot of New York and I know I know California had it. Yeah, like California, Florida, I think is heavy with spectrum. But they've they've settled with ESPN. WREG, which is owned by Nexstar, still hasn't settled with at and t and TV. So I didn't get I I was not able to watch the Michigan game this weekend on R. E. G. unless I wanted to go get bunny ears. And I was not able to watch the Titans game in the one o'clock window and then the i think we were going to get new england philadelphia that was that was the in afternoon. the in the afternoon window couldn't watch that cuz i'm an ATT user now starting ahead of this weekend yep if you're an xfinity comcast and subscriber
1: I did, I did not know about this dispute we had a we had a listener that tweeted in and he's like i'm a steelers fan he's like I, I i wake up this morning and there's no fox yeah so they they
0: fox 13 because cuz of whoever owns them their dispute with but
1: this didn't matter until yesterday, correct? So people no, could I've, watch the could watch the Saturday. Colorado game? No,
0: you couldn't watch okay. co- college football. It they what we've seen here is a change in philosophy. It used to be they had this these, fixed before they have these disputes season. and they'd be like, "All right, well, th- yeah, we might miss the reruns in July and August, but you know, once football gets here, they'll figure they're going to figure it out." They these these local TV companies don't want to lose the advertising money a football weekend provides them. They'll settle this. Now we're seeing like the opposite. These these com- like whether it's ESPN or now Fox or whoever owns like Fox Thirteen and stuff like that. They're using the caveat of football as like their leverage. Like, hey, we're going to cut this off right before football weekend, so you know what you're missing. Correct. And I don't like it one bit. I don't care what
1: like, I don't like it well, one bit. Here's the other. Here's where I think they. So, here's where I think they've made the miscalculation. I think they thought if we do this, people will go nuts. Mm-hmm. They're losing football, yeah, and they'll go nuts, and then we'll have leverage. The problem is now you don't know who to be mad at.
0: Yeah, like no. it might. Like
1: I'm just mad that yesterday, correct? The three games that I could watch like, because do I don't have anyone, Sunday ticket. Do you think anyone in Memphis is flooding Next Stars? Inbox, like, no one even knows what that is.
0: (laughs) The three games I could watch on national TV yesterday were brutal. You got Bears, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Niners, Packers, Bears, and then at night, Cowboys, Giants. I barely watched a competitive minute of football yesterday. That
1: first drive for the Giants was kind of promising. (laughs) Like, it was just, like, maybe, I I remember when when the Steelers, I I don't like the Steelers, when the Steelers
0: scored at the end of the second quarter, I was like, maybe maybe, we'll get a game here. I was, like, rooting for the Steelers just so I could have something compelling to watch. Nope. Um, I didn't like it. And it, it just occurred to me, thanks be to the commish, the only way I could watch a competitive minute of football yesterday was to spend $400 on YouTube. It's almost like everything's coming perfectly <laughs> to plan. Mm.
1: Unbelievable. Settle mm. this stuff. Come on. I'm not optimistic. Because Spectrum and ESPN got it done. All right, Disney. So that one's a more interesting one. And the reason why that one is interesting is because there are media experts that believe this was ESPN dipping its toe into – so ESPN eventually, they've made no secrets. Well, it sounds They're like eventually from this...
0: going to direct to consumer. Well, it sounds like they caved a little bit in this disagreement because ultimately what happened was ESPN
1: miscalculated their ratings were way down Correct. because
0: they lost too many Correct.
1: screens. Well, and I don't think it's a coincidence they got it done before tonight. Yeah, because Monday have, Night Football. Well, they yeah. have the, the triple cast. Oh, that's right. ABC simulcast of Monday Night Football with Buck mm. and Aikman. Mm-hmm. ESPN will have the main feature, and it's a Manning cast night. So mm. they had to cave a little. And we get we get it. Rogers debut. So lots lots to
0: chew on, even though the cable situation is as bad as it's ever been. And um it's overreaction Monday. And overreaction Monday, let's be real. It's created for football season. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, like, it's it's we made do for- it all year round. We love overreactions here, but come on, it's made for football it's season. It's football brain. Um
1: and so we've got plenty of overreactions. Just good old-fashioned, knee-jerk, emotional. Take nothing into context. That's what football and made especially for. week one. Honestly, yes, like absolutely. honestly, it's like week one
0: football. Correct. Um. So we've got we've got obviously Memphis football got a big win in Jonesboro. I was out there. We'll talk about that. Uh, tough weekend for uh the SEC. It felt like I know Ole Miss beat Tulane. Mississippi State won, right? They won in overtime. Yes, yes. won in overtime. Um. But uh, overall, felt felt like a another tough weekend for the SEC. We'll dive into that. Got that Mel Tucker story. Um, and then uh, Tim Murray is going to join us at 240. Munns is on vacation, sipping a margarita on the beach somewhere. Mm. Um, so Tim Murray's going to move from his usual Tuesday slot and talk football with us here later this hour. 3 o'clock, Jeffrey. He's had back. Our, had our first NFL prime with time of the season.
1: a title sponsor.
0: Yes. Oh, it was – boom was and it was like honestly like i was like oh this is a great sponsor too <clears throat> should, we, oh, yeah. should we reveal it now or should we save it for the re- recap of the recap let's save it okay well we'll we'll dive into the uh we'll really dive into the nfl uh the first sunday of nfl season with our uh, nfl primetime recap our recap of the recap with recap with boom and bug uh next hour and we'll get into the list as well had a fun us open finals i thought and then we've got the aftermath of uh, the FIBA World Cup mm. fourth place finish by Team America or Team USA, someone's coming to save the day, yes. and you'll never guess who. <laughs> He's coming with his cape, so we'll get into that in the list next hour. But let's start with our overreactions from the weekend, Jeffrey. Um, you want to start Memphis football? Yeah, let's start there. Let's start Memphis football. I was in Jonesboro. They, they, uh, listen. It wasn't seventy-three to nothing like uh, Oklahoma beat Arkansas State, but. You know, overwhelmed Arkansas State like they should have. Memphis.
1: There I were some hiccups. Wouldn't, wouldn't you argue the moment that it got to 10 to nothing? Because they missed it the It was field. the pick it, six. It was once they yeah. got the pick, the pick six. At no point did I go, At oh, no, Arkansas State's going gonna, gonna to make this the interesting. Once they got the pick six,
0: you were like, oh, it's like, up. Oh, it's on. It's good. They're going to roll from yeah. here. Um, And they did. They You know, they, it was, listen, there were some things that, Probably should concern you, but um, here's my overreaction. All right? If Memphis is going to be good this season, it's going to be because of the defense. That's my overreaction. The defense was good, really good again. Forced four turnovers, still has not allowed a team into the end zone this year because those 14 Bethune-Cookman put up were on turnovers by the offense. Um, they are still, I believe... Second in the country in total defense. Yeah, I think that's right. Coming out of the weekend. And I'll just say this, just eye test wise. They look faster. The, the D de- the line's got more guys. Like, more, you know, like there's just more dudes, it feels like, making plays on the D line. And then at linebacker and in the secondary, they look faster. Yes, I completely agree. They, they just agree. look fat. They look, you know, I, I, and again, this is overreaction Monday. And I very well could be overreacting to the fact that they, if we're being completely honest here, they beat one of the worst FCS teams in the country in week one. And then on Saturday, they beat what appears could be one of the worst FBS teams in the country in Arkansas State. But I've seen enough from the defense to be really— like I, I just feels diff, a little different than previous Memphis defenses. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I, I think that— I think that might be their best shot at being good because I think the offense showed us against Arkansas State— Look, they might be a little bit better because Seth's a year older and maybe the wide receivers are a little better. I thought
1: thought they were better at hitting big big plays. Like, there were some big plays out there to hit, and they hit them. But they couldn't run again.
0: Yeah. And it feels like kind of the same. You know, again, it might be a little better on offense, but that game on Saturday gave you the vibe of they're not going to be dramatically better on offense. They might be dramatically better on
1: defense. I think that's fair. I will say, like, you don't want to you don't want to overreact, but it's overreaction Monday, so we'll overreact. I do think it's entirely possible they've played two horrific teams. Now, I will
0: say, I, the progression of the schedule seems to be working out well. You went from, again, one of the worst in FCS, upped it to one of the worst in FBS. Feels like Thursday against Navy, maybe one of the worst in the AAC you're going to play against. Correct, but
1: I feel like Navy's one of the one of the teams that you'd want to see the least on a short week. Yes,
0: no. And Ryan Silverfield made that clear today. I uh, Thank the conference for that one. Correct,
1: um, but I, then, I also suspect there might have been some some triple practice last week. Some practice on the uh, option. They made it
0: clear they've been doing it all summer. Yeah, because uh, like, uh, they knew this was the way, coming. That's,
1: I think that's early in the season. I think that's reasonable. The hang-up that I have is what would this defense look like against someone that is explosive on offense? Yeah, because right now I do agree with you. Like I test wise, forget the numbers, because the I think where the numbers could lie to you is the level of competition. Yeah, but I do think it's completely obvious at this point that this team on defense looks better. They look faster. They look more physical, and they look like that. Are they are they the number two defense in the country? I would bet against that. Mm-hmm. With that said, are they perhaps are they the, the best th- defense in the league? I think that's entirely
0: possible. Yeah, the number two defense in the league, whatever yeah. it is, are they? In a, if for the AAC an elite defense, they might they might be. Um, and you know, I thought Hennigan played pretty well on Saturday. At one point, completed nineteen to twenty passes after starting zero for four. When it it really... was
1: what I wanted to see on Saturday. I didn't feel like, I, and I and we we discussed it last week when Bethune Cookman came out in a defense that they had no mm-hmm. no expectation for, like they had not. Even remotely considered it possible. I thought he came out Saturday and looked smooth.
0: Yeah. No, it was uh, it was good. You know, solid performance yeah. by the offense. I mean, it really, the one glaring issue was they couldn't run the ball. Uh, they just really couldn't.
1: I wasn't the okay. world's biggest fan of some of the red zone play calling, but yeah. I think those two things might be related. I think they were trying to run it in.
0: Yes. And you know, it, it, Ryan was pretty critical of the O line. Like he he made it it he made it clear it was the blocking. He didn't think it was the play calling.
1: No, I mean when you consider when you consider this, I think both teams basically—I don't remember what the final number was—but for most of the game, both Arkansas State and Memphis basically mm-hmm. ran it. Sack adjusted the same, yeah, like per carry. And your eyes did not tell you that that should have been the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but did what you're supposed to do,
0: and now you got a—you know—a game. It was interesting today. I mean, Ryan Silverford was really imploring the fans to show up because they got. You know, it's a Thursday night game. You're going to be – I know there's – it's the only college game going on. I know it's not – you know, the the NFL game is going to dwarf Eagles. I huh? think it's Eagles-Viking. It's a pretty Yeah, good you're game, right. You're right. right. Um, it's a pretty good Thursday night game. But in general, for a decent amount of people, for non-Memphis fans, let's put it that way – there's going to be a decent chunk of non-Memphis fans who are going to get their first glimpse at this team on Thursday night. Yeah, like that's like just because of you're on ESPN, they get, you know, there'll be there'll be a what well, like probably a million people watching the game. Yeah, somewhere. Around. Like I mean, that. I don't
1: know, eight hundred thousand somewhere, but yeah. somewhere around there.
0: And yeah. probably you know, six hundred to eight hundred thousand of them are going to be new, new oh, eyeballs. I think may, maybe more than that. Yeah, and so this is kind of your first impression for the country or for part, you know, for a. For the, for the college football fans out there, this is going to be their first impression of you. And it sets up, you know, it's the start of, if you want to call it that, a, a really interesting stretch because you we know, mentioned the progression of the schedule. Then you go from one of the worst in the AAC on Thursday to one of the worst in the SEC a week from Saturday when you play Missouri and St. Louis. Certainly
1: one of the worst offenses. <laughs> um,
0: by the way, that game was announced today, 6.30 kick on ESPNU the okay. Missouri game in St. Louis. So plan, a cor- plan your road trip accordingly. I think that's, that's kind of perfect, right? You can le- take an early day on, set- on Friday, drive up to St. Louis, spend Friday night in St. Louis, I mean, you can even make tailgate the all day.
1: You, you can make the argument you just drive up, get to the tailgate, or whatever, check into the hotel. You can even do a Saturday. Check in the hotel. You can, yeah, the game, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Leave it. So that's a long day, though. Don't you, you know, that's a long day. Well,
1: I mean, some people want to go to the high school games on Friday. That's you know true. I mean?
0: Yeah, it, it gives you the option.
1: Yeah. You're right. No,
0: it's uh, it's not bad uh, having it at 630 in St. Louis. And and hopefully they'll be – they should be 3-0. I think they're 16-point favorites or something like that against Navy. I didn't
1: see – I haven't seen if there's been any movement, but that's how I thought what they opened. I thought they opened somewhere around 17. I can't remember if it was half or something like that.
0: Yeah. Now, Silverfield said he thinks Navy's run. It, it's still the triple option, but – he thinks there's a, some more there's uh, some wrinkles, more wrinkles than I've before. told you
1: they're they're running a little tempo mm-hmm. they'll get in the gun a little bit more than they have been mm-hmm. um they're still they're still not very good mm. but it's I don't know to me like this is another example of a game that you get no credit if you win it and the whole story is whether or not you know if you lose that's the story like and mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of a crappy place to be yeah, but you, if you win it, you earn yourself – what.
0: again, it's not going to be – that Missouri game six thirty 30 on ESPNU is not going to be some showcase game two weeks from now. I think it's a loaded schedule, actually, two weeks from now. But, it would you know, this whole th- – the whole point of all of this is to be building momentum for the program, recapturing some of the momentum you lost. You're not going to recapture all of it until – you return to an elite level as a program.
1: But winning So that 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 day is it's loaded. That day is I know it's olmus in Alabama. That's Florida State Clemson. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Like I said, it's going to be a it's going to be an afterthought nationally, the Missouri Memphis game.
1: Oh, that's the Colorado Oregon game. Yeah, like uh, I'm just telling
0: you it's going to be especially in that night window, it is going to be an afterthought, but in terms of Generating pro- momentum for the program, like you need to play well in one of these. Like this Thursday night spot is a nice spot for you in a home game to start. You know, generate a little momentum.
1: And oh, that's going to be during my game of the year. What's that? I'm taking Kansas State against uh, John Rice. <laughs> oh, one-dimensional offense or one one-dimensional offense versus Kansas State. Oh no. Um. All right. So that's the Memphis part of it. Two and zero, like
0: they should oh, that's be. Ohio
1: State and Notre Dame. Oh God.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a huge weekend in two weeks, uh, including hopefully for Memphis, but they got to get through Navy first. They should get through Navy. What I've seen so far is that this team should be three and0 coming out of Thursday night. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I've seen. and, and, and then, I mean Missouri struggled with uh MTSU. MTSU this weekend. I mean, they're not going as you point out, like, can, I can, can't you see with this Memphis defense? Winning like a 2017 game against Missouri?
1: Yes, 100. percent Because Missouri's not like smooth on offense.
0: Yeah. So um, this could
1: be literally this could be like the formula of the the Mississippi State upset
0: or the or the Ole Miss win a yeah. couple years before that.
1: Well, I, I think Missouri's a little better. That Ole Miss team was like that Ole Miss team was. Mm. They had just brought in Rich Rod. Rich Rod didn't like Corral. Like that mm. that team had a team had issues. Okay. Um, regardless, it's setting up. We said this
0: was a favorable schedule and it's starting to set up as a favorable schedule. Boise's now Owen 2. Um now they've played, you know, two tough teams. They played
1: Washington who's appears to be a wrecking crew and then they lost to UCF at home. On a, on a on field goal. kick at the end.
0: Yeah, on a kick at the end. They look good, but they're also 0 2. Um so they 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 maybe have looked better than God, Memphis.
1: Whoever whoever's but, booking travel for UCF. I'm, I'm sorry for Boise. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy's gonna have all the miles. <laughs> like it, the guy that's the ops guy that gets to put yeah, all the so stuff. Going, on the, they went to they're, yeah. they're going to Memphis this year. Yeah.
0: yeah, that means I did. Have they already played in Orlando, or they have to do the return next year? I, I assume think they've already played in Orlando. I
1: th- I can't remember if this was from. There was a lightning delay when they played with like Bachmeyer. When you, I can't remember if that was the return trip or whatnot, like. Because didn't Memphis and Boise announced a four game schedule? Yeah, it's like games? well, it
0: was like two games, and they added two more. Okay, on two so more. I don't
1: I don't know if this was the return trip or, or if like they're doing like a bunch of games.
0: Yeah, so well, no, I think this is this was this is the second game. You can game. tell me this was because they because they also have they also have a home and home scheduled with uh, ECU and USF in the future. They're getting years. in on that AAC. Yeah, in addition mm-hmm. to Memphis, so. Um, Yeah. All right, what about nationally? Obviously, the big headline in college football was Texas taking out Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Um, Felt like, I mean, it it felt like the score... What would you say? Was it closer than the score indicated to you, or did it feel like a decisive Texas win?
1: So, I think the game was closer than... Where you spent much of the fourth quarter thinking this was over, with that said, I felt like when you watched the game in its entirety, you felt that Texas was clearly better than Alabama, like Alabama had a couple of pass plays that were like big pass plays that that got them back in the game, but overall, like I felt like Texas was about two scores better when you watched the game, and mm-hmm. that was the final score. My big overreaction is. Yes, I think the SEC is down, but I think it's down predictably. I think it's down because when you look across the country, mark the best quarterbacks are everywhere else. Mm. Like to me, like that's kind of the the thing that's that's jarring. Even with a team like Georgia, you know, Stetson Bennett was a fourth round draft pick. Like he he's he's in the NFL, and you look at Alabama; they clearly have they have a limited quarterback. And I credit Texas for getting him in positions where Texas got the lead, made them play from behind, and made him have to throw. And you saw, well, one team was comfortable letting their quarterback throw and played pretty darn perfect football, and Alabama didn't. It's kind of why I know AM had the disappointing result in Miami. Mm-hmm. I still kind of don't think AM's dead because I kind of thought Wegman was pretty good. He just. They had a couple of big mistakes and mm. that
0: was the one that fe- everyone's like oh they got steamrolled by Miami and really yeah. Miami got that late score and the
1: kickoff return yeah like there was there were three turnovers and a kickoff return and that to me like I do think I think the league is down I also think in the SEC it feels to me like the transfer portal in the SEC has made the league mushier whereas I don't think like it's as clear it used to be Whoever the top of the league was separated themselves pretty far from everyone else. Then you'd have like this second tier of like two or three teams, and then you'd have a middle and a bottom. I think now teams two through 10 are mushier than they have been.:
0: Would you predict today two SCC teams in the playoff? No.
1: No, I'd be more inclined to pick no SEC team in the play No SEC team in the playoff. Wow. Before I pick two teams. You think the SEC champion
0: won't make There's a no. scenario where the SEC champion well, doesn't make it.
1: So I I think the most likely outcome is the Georgia. SEC gets one team in. George. Whoever wins the league's in, yes. unless the league winner is, you know, Georgia's in there at 12 and 0 loses mm. the title game. And there, ba-
0: loses to Bama or something, or, or LSU. whoever
1: whoever comes out of the West. Well,
0: I guess the better question is: Is there you know like LSU and Bama were seen as kind of not not dark horse threats, like legitimate title threats in the preseason. Both have now lost within the first two weeks. They would seem to have the best chance to be a one loss. Yes, I would agree playoff team. But then because I just I mean, is there any other team like do you see you know Ole Miss got a big win over Tulane. Um Tennessee Ole Miss, know,
1: Ole Miss is struggled
0: very... a little bit with Austin P, struggled more than it should have with Austin P. Like do you see some of those teams being able to be in this mix at the end? I mean ultimately you don't see them beating Georgia. That's That's kind of the
1: problem, is like both Olmus and Tennessee's path. I guess you can make the argument No, because Olmus's path would still have to be even if they lost at Georgia, that would mean they'd have to get in at eleven and one. They would likely at eleven and one be the Representative, they'd have to beat
0: Alabama then.
1: Well, that would mean they'd beat Alabama, A and M, and LSU, which means they would go from the West. Mm-hmm. They would go to the title game, and they'd have to win again. Like their their path involves beating Georgia once. Yeah, and I I just don't I don't see that. The problem, the reason why I say I think I think the most likely outcome is obviously we think, they get one in. The reason we, why I think zero is more likely than two, I don't see anyone that I feel is in that pack that can sit there and run the table now? Because everything essentially involves beating Georgia at least once. Well, well, here's the question. Are we
0: jumping the gun on Georgia? Like, we've seen these other SEC teams look vulnerable, obviously, at this point because of, you know, LSU looked vulnerable against Florida State, Bama, obviously, against Texas, Um, even Ole Miss down at halftime to Tulane Mm -hmm. with a backup quarterback. Um, Who else am I forgetting here? A&M obviously lost to Miami. Georgia hasn't played anyone yet. Like like not even anyone who has like this week they'll play South Carolina who, you know, eh. it's at home. I don't know if they're going to get like are they going to get challenged at Auburn maybe? Maybe they could in a few weeks at the end of the month. They could get ch- they could get challenged there. Cuz then they got after that at Auburn game, they've got four of their next five at home and the only road game is at Vanderbilt.
1: So the the problem that I see with Georgia is I am kind of getting whiffs of Georgia feels a lot like the 2010 Alabama team, which, for those out there, who don't remember, that was the team that lost at South Carolina to Stephen Garcia in mm-hmm. a blackout game, and yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, Lattimore, they were all, uh, they were awesome that day, and then they lost at LSU, and then they lost to Cam in the Camback game in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Georgia doesn't have three of those games on their schedule. No, like, this, you know what I mean? this is
0: a very like we talked about Memphis's favorable schedule. Yeah. Georgia's got. I mean, their their toughest road game is Tennessee, and then after that, it's like at Auburn. I guess will be a tough road game, but then you got at Vandy, which will have more Georgia fans
1: than yes anything. Well, and, no, there'll be more construction than anything.
0: And you got to add Georgia Tech again, a road game where there'll be more Georgia fans Correct. than the opposing team. Um, and then you get Ole Miss at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, like that's kind of the problem is yeah. even with Sleepy Georgia, I don't. Sleepy
0: Georgia is gonna be
1: undefeated going into November. No doubt, bo- no doubt about it. Where Georgia could run into problems is if the Pac-12 winds up having one team that separates itself, whether it be USC, whether it be Oregon. But you have to have a team that separates itself. If Texas winds up handling I mean, all business in the Big Twelve, and Florida State does the Florida same. State does the same, and then whoever gets into the whoever and
0: then like if Michigan, the Big
1: Ten's gonna get the benefit of the doubt because. They're gonna but play, but don't you think
0: the SEC will too?
1: My problem with Georgia is: it, what if Georgia has like a stumble and doesn't get to the championship? Correct.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So it's setting up as it's a not di- even setting up as a dicey year. It's for not, the not SEC even necessarily
1: will, I, the the path I have in my head is not even necessarily Georgia stumbles and doesn't get into the championship game because in that scenario, likely Tennessee gets in, and Tennessee could maybe be your threat. The the scenario that I see is you have a you have like five champions and Georgia has the fewest quality wins. Like that's that's the threat to me. The problem is pick the loss. Where 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 is it coming?
0: It is it is uh This is the problem with the 14 playoff is it just doesn't it feel like already we've narrowed this down to like 10 teams? Yeah, it's been that way though. I know, but like that's what that like I w- I do look forward to when you know, like right now, you know, like it I mean, I'm sure there will be a, there will be one upset, whether it's like Georgia going down or Michigan going down or um, Florida State mm. losing or someone's someone will yeah. shake up this status quo. But like right now, it doesn't just feel like well, it's going to be Georgia, Texas, Florida State, Michigan. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, like yeah. you feel like you're going. It's week two, and I know one of those teams will lose. Like not all four of those teams are not going to go undefeated. The question is, will would guess. enough of those teams
1: lose? To create a chaos scenario. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes yeah. what happens is like you start sorting it out and you can find the four teams. Like mm-hmm. even with TCU last year losing in the Big Twelve Championship game, when you had Saban getting on the broadcast saying, Well, we'd be favored against them, mm-hmm. you realize at that point, like, okay, TCU's already in. Like the the they yeah. kind of already separated
0: it. Then the other big college football story out of the weekend. It was the seediest one. Who oh boy. Um Mel Tucker, mm-hmm. the coach at Michigan State, who signed the what was it, $95 million contract? I think it was a couple $75 years ago?
1: million guaranteed.
0: I think that's what Um Well not no, 10 year $95 million contract. Was it all
1: guaranteed, though? I think it was like $75 million guaranteed. That's what I okay. keep.
0: That's what I But it was announced as ninety five million dollars. Or maybe he's owed $75
1: million. Maybe yeah,
0: that's, that's the number. What it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but he um so USA Today broke the story. Broke- I, I don't know if they broke the story that he was he had a Title IX complaint filed against him, but they broke the story in terms of what the Title IX complaint was about, and it is not good. Um, according to um, USA Today, um, Mel Tucker had Brenda Tracy. Yes, the- she has a
1: nonprofit. Uh, it's like a. It's a. It's a rape survivor nonprofit. Basically, what she does is she goes around the country talking to college football programs. Well, and she because she's a survivor, correct? From a, Oregon State, I believe, in the nineties.
0: Yes, and so um, he had her with the you know had her speak to the program, come visit the program. Uh, I believe three times it said at different points. Over that time, they developed a relationship of some kind, um, and she, in a Title IX complaint, according to USA Today. Is accusing um, Mel Tucker of having non-consensual phone sex with her over Zoom?
1: Is that right? Did yeah, that right. I, I I was unclear of where the complaint came from, but yes. And the other thing is, Tucker is not denying that any of this happened. No,
0: Tucker is Tucker is saying it was consensual. We've also found out this complaint was filed like a year ago, last July. Yeah, and um, it is now. Michigan State had not chosen to suspend Mel Tucker. Now, they didn't, uh, according to the way these Title IX complaints work, they did not know all of the details that we found out yesterday because that stuff is sealed. Now, I will say someone at Michigan State did. You know, like the the neutral party who oversees this did. Um, yeah, but, I'll, I, but, I'll just get to my overreaction But this. the AD and President didn't know. But regardless, now that it's out there, Brenda Tracy has spoken. Excuse me, is it Brenda Taylor or Brenda Tracy?
1: I don't want to. I don't want to misspeak.
0: I think it's Brenda. Um, yeah, Brenda Tracy um, is her name, and um, she uh, she spoke to USA Today about it, and, and you know that she filed a complaint and and all this stuff, and so um, she's charging sexual harassment, and now Michigan State has put him on unpaid leave, and it you
1: know appears it's. You know, I think they had a press conference yesterday. They basically said, like, their intention is to fire him, but there's, like, a process they have to go through. So clearly they want to fire him with cause. That's where yes. this is. Well, it. they have
0: not said they want to fire him, but they said they're going to – yes, he's on unpaid leave, and the expectation is – Correct. You know, this is – his tenure as coach is over. The question, of course, being, you know, this came up last July, and now obviously you're reacting to it becoming public rather than – so this is all just very awkward, and, it you know, Mel Tucker, who two years ago was, you know – Courted by – the story was he turned down LSU, right? Again. Yeah. Uh,
1: I I am pretty convinced LSU did not have Mel Tucker over Brian Kelly. Well – But I don't know if Michigan State was convinced of that. Yes.
0: So according
1: to her complaint uh, – Because Tra- LSU, got, I think, got Franklin and him paid big again that year. Yes.
0: So basically she said Tucker made sexual comments about her and masturbated. Mm-hmm. Uh on the uh on the call. Um and so yeah. It's uh, the I quote this is what she said USA Today. The idea that someone could know me and say they understand my trauma, but then reinflict that trauma on me is so disgusting to me. It's hard for me to even wrap my mind around it. It's like he sought me out just to portray me. Um I don't know what what's what here, whether it's consensual or non consensual. I still think it's probably enough to fire him for cause. Yeah, I mean, you can't be masturbating on the job. Yeah, my, my like th- that. Like, and, and people find out.
1: My two ever reactions are: number one, um, if you're gonna build your entire program around the slogan "Tuck coming," make oh, sure that he's <laughs> make sure that he's got everything like make in sure order. So, yeah, make sure it's right, Make sure that right. you don't set yourself up for all of this. And secondly, <gasps> like, I really find it hard to believe that if if Michigan State's rolling. That this doesn't somehow get sorted out. This to me is a this is a new age way of we don't we want out of this contract, we're finding a way out of this contract, and But technically this
0: happened literally before like after his most successful season. Yeah. After he got right after he got the big contract.
1: And that to me suggests, oh, you know what else? Remember, remember that thing we filed away a while back? Maybe we should go look at that again. I saw this firsthand. I'm telling you, there was a ton of smoke around freeze in 2015 in 2016, they started losing and all of a sudden a lot of this, a lot of this proof starts showing up again.
0: Well, they've said a formal hearing to determine whether Mel Tucker violated the school's policy banning sexual harassment and exploitation is scheduled for October 5th and 6th during Michigan state's bi-week. Um, He's coached his last game in Michigan yes. State. Yes, no, right?
1: I, I think that's the expectation. Yes,
0: um, so that yeah that, and then um, in better news, I guess. Oh wait,
1: what is up in the water
0: up in Michigan State? I don't know. It's so bad. <laughs>
2: it's
0: the, the, yeah, this the Larry Nassar thing happened there. Um, you've just yeah. It's Wasn't not,
1: there another like I? I remember like there was like another. Trainers. Well,
0: good news is they brought, they went back to tried and true. Mark D'Antonio's back as associate head coach right, to help steady the ship, Jeffrey.
1: But didn't he have, at the end, wasn't there some off the field stuff? Not, not with him, but like his staff, maybe?
0: Um, I thought there was
1: some like uncomfortable stuff and then, just,
0: Yeah. Uh, Yes, because it no, was also his, during the Nasser stuff. His his was his was over players getting yes uh, okay. accused of sexual assault. Okay, and yeah, yeah, like that that we that again compounded him yeah. struggling as a head coach. Correct, um, but he's back as associate head coach, gonna help help out help out Sparty in a tough spot. But um, yeah, ugly allegations against uh, Mel Tucker, and he appears to be out as head coach at Michigan State. We'll see. Again, there's a hearing in a, in a next month. Uh, when we come back, let's bring in Tim Murray. We'll talk more college football with him. We haven't even talked about Dion's big win. Another, another coach who disrespected Coach Prime mm-hmm. and paid for it, Jeffrey. We'll get into more college football and the football weekend at large with Tim Murray from Visa. And you're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Giannato and Jeffrey, broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Tim Murray's the host of v Primetime. You can also check out his gambling co- podcast, the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray.com. Tim, does the SEC stink?
2: <laughs> does Georgia still exist?
1: I think, okay, see if you buy this.
2: So I know you, just, you just asked me if the conference with the two-time defending champion stinks.
1: I'm getting whiffs of the 2010 Alabama team that had so much freaking talent, and then they lost at South Carolina, they lost at LSU, and then the cam back. And then remember they played Michigan State and beat them by 1,000 in that bowl game? and they turned around the next year and won the national title. I'm getting whiffs of that, but I look at their schedule, and I'm like, I don't really blame them for being all that bored so far. Like, You know what I mean? Like When they have to turn it on, I still think they're good enough. But I still think the biggest problem in the SEC right now is, and it was somewhat predictable, it just seems to me like the quarterback play right now in the league is just just down.
2: Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. I mean, look at the Pac-12, and they've got – quarterbacks all over the place. I mean, hell, Cam Ward and Shador Sanders were two guys that we didn't yeah. think were in that upper echelon, and they have proved so far that they they should be in that same discussion. Um, I mean, you look around that conference, and there's six, seven quarterbacks, and that's not including DJ Uyongalale who is solid and is an upgrade over their quarterback at Oregon State last year but um you know as for what is this conference yeah i mean i think it's fair to ask the question um you know Texas's performance was was pretty eye opening on saturday night and to go in there hand i think say, i think that was Savin's worst loss at home ever uh or worst home uh, non conference game whatever it was i mean it was it was pretty stunning to see that uh to see that unfold the way that it did but you know people kind of thought Georgia hey they can't they can't build off of last year now no one thought they would lose four or five games like the garbage that Kirby Smart was telling his players yeah. but uh you know it it was it was pretty um you know until we 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 probably won't know what Georgia is until you know November, November. yeah it's wild
1: i mean i suspect they have to go to auburn I still think that Auburn offense is is just bad, so I
2: don't know like how much of you a... weren't inspired by their performance in Berkeley late night on Saturday night. <sighs> Wilcox, I kind of, I, you could kind of sniff that one out. Oh, um, well, I was convinced. I, I mean, based off of my gambling day, I mean, I had Cal plus six and a half, year, and yeah. I closed five. I'm like, yeah, this will somehow find a way to lose, and fortunately, we won. So, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's yeah, interesting.
1: The other the other thing I was thinking is. I'll go. I'll I'll appeal to your heartstrings. Is Notre Dame getting overlooked? I thought that was pretty impressive what they did at NC State. Like I know NC State made a bunch of mistakes too, but they NC State's
2: offense stinks. Yeah, Uh, Brennan Armstrong's overrated, um, and they have no playmakers. But I do think it was pretty darn impressive what Notre Dame was able to do, uh, especially early on in that game where they're struggling a little bit. Uh, they come after the two hour delay. They break an 80 yard run. Um, but I thought the play calling from Jared Parker getting his first real resistance, the new offensive coordinator, uh, who, you know, the offseason was, was a clunkiness when Tommy Reese left and then they were going to hire, uh, Ludwig from Utah. That fell through and then they just promoted from within, but, you know Notre Dame on I think it was like a third and two or something like that. I want to say third quarter they went with this like wishbone look and they're like we're just gonna run it down your throat and NC State said uh, no you're not and then they did it again and and it's nice having a quarterback who's 24 years old and has thrown you know the most touchdowns in ACC history because they did play action and NC State had no yeah. option to slow that down and I think that's the biggest thing for Notre Dame last year they had a Mac level quarterback in Drew Pine they had a all-American tight end in Michael Mayer and that was pretty much it they could run the ball but teams could force you to throw this year when Notre Dame is forced to throw they can make plays now I still want to see more from some of their playmakers it was uh positive to see a couple of their wide receivers make some plays um you know you've seen now the tight ends after not being incorporated in in the Navy game have have made some catches here but you know we'll find out what Notre Dame is uh that was their first quasi test I mean they were still a seven point favorite but we'll find out what they are in two weeks they bring in you know Ohio State and and I think the biggest game at Notre Dame Stadium with a capacity crowd because they played Clemson when they were yeah. one and two in the COVID season, probably since the the Bush Bush game, I mean the the hype is going to be out of control. Two top ten teams, I imagine. Game day will be there. You know, I will be there. So that just brings it to a whole new level, obviously. Mm, so uh, yeah, so uh, but that'll but no, be an NBC game, right? NBC prime time, yeah. And and, and how about this? Like ABC acquiesced to that game. They were like, yeah, we're not going to be able to beat it. And we see this from time to time. It's like uh, you know, when Alabama and LSU has been at its yeah. peak and it's on CBS primetime and you get like, you know, Wake Forest at Acc Primetime, you're like, huh? And they're like, oh. So the, the schedule just came out for September 23rd. Florida State Clemson, which preseason you would have definitely said Primetime ABC. That's noon. And then you've got Coach Prime and in likely three and oh Colorado against undefeated Oregon, and that's at 330 Eastern. So they clearly were like, yeah, we're probably gonna lose out to Notre Dame, Ohio State. So let's push these games earlier. So um yeah, I'm curious. I mean, we don't know what Ohio State is. I mean yeah. that's the interesting thing. There's a bunch of teams that we don't know what they are still. Um, you know, we've we've learned what Uh, Florida State's capable of. We've learned what Texas is capable of. we learned what I think Miami is capable of. There's a bunch of teams still out there. You know, Notre Dame to an extent. This was their first test. But there's, you know, Ohio State has played Youngstown State and Indiana and hasn't really looked overwhelming in either one of those games.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned Colorado. And what? Does Vegas know what to do yet? Well, what are we making them? Now you've got, did you see this? So they're on ESPN this week, playing Colorado State. So game day is going to Boulder for yep. that game. Big noon kickoff for the first time ever. It's just going to stay in Boulder because they're riding this Dion thing as 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 far as the train will go. First ever time big noon kickoff is going to be at a game that Fox is not televising. They're just going. They're they, they said you know what Dion worked the first two weeks. We're going to keep hammering that home,
2: baby. I, I and I don't blame them. Um and you know as you look at the the slate this weekend there was no obvious option. You know, a buddy of mine, we really nerd out and we predict where game day will go at the beginning of the year. And I never thought Colorado would be 2 and 0, so I didn't predict it this week, but I was like they'll eventually go to Boulder at some point. But this week makes a ton of sense. You're right in the high. They're, you know, in the top 20 now. Shador Sanders is a, a legitimate heisman candidate as of this very moment do i think he'll win it no i think they'll get exposed as we get going here you know you ask jeffrey does vegas know what to do Uh, you know they've they've been doing this a long time we've never seen anything like this which is a football team completely flip its roster and it for them to be good um but here's the thing. Which is crazy. You, watch, you
0: could go it, to get you could go to you could go to a Colorado game the next if you're gonna go to this week's CSU game, I mean they got Oregon the following week and then USC the week after that. Yeah. You could go to Colorado if you're big noon kickoff of college game day, three weeks in a row.
2: Oh yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it'll be what, Eugene in, in week four, and then I think back USC in Boulder. comes comes back to Boulder, and that'll be massive. I mean, is this a spot where we finally see a little bit of a letdown from from Colorado. I mean, see, Coach I, Prime has done a. Uh, I, here's here's just, where I sniff it out. They can claim disrespect. Like this
0: this whole like people have disrespected us thing is working really well for them. They had it again with Nebraska because of Matt Rule. CSU is a another rivalry game. They'll be Dion will make that work, even though they're big favorites in this one. Oh and, yeah. Then very clearly, people think Oregon and USC are better than them. So, like, well, that's – yeah well but you know what I mean. And so it's really not until they play Arizona State on October 7th or Arizona – yeah, Arizona State, where you're not going to be able to claim the nobody respects this card. I bet
2: they try. <laughs> I mean, Kirby Smart pulled it off last year. So, I mean, when you can pull off the no one believes in us card after you win the national championship, anything is possible. But, no, there's, there's a lot of things. We talked about it last week. I mean – Deion Sanders, number one, is a good football coach. I mean, that's just it, he is a good football coach. He hired a very, very good offensive coordinator in Sean Lewis. He got great uh, great offensive players. I don't know about the defense. There's a couple pieces out there, but we will see. Um, here's the thing, though, about the Nebraska game. If, if you have, and you know, God bless you, Jeff Sims. You're probably a nice young man. He was horrendous I mean it was it was awful it was uh, uncomfortable to watch how poorly he played they, he couldn't catch the snap he throws a bad pick I mean how different is the game if Nebraska actually puts some pressure on them scoring points in the first half because the Nebraska defense played their ass off for about 25 minutes and at some point you just break especially when Colorado's got dudes they have dudes on the offensive side of the ball so Colorado State they just announced that their you know their starting quarterback Clay Millen is out so they're going to a redshirt freshman um you know Colorado State got whooped in week one by Washington State I thought this would be a tricky spot I'm probably gonna have to stay off of it but you know we'll see I mean Come week four, this could be the ultimate spot to grab Oregon at a, a suppressed number and, you know, have them beat up on Colorado. But regardless, I mean, it's great for college football. It really is, in my yeah, opinion. Do you realize
0: the Pac-12 has eight schools in the top 25 right now?
2: It's insane. <laughs> I mean, this five. They,
1: they have That's the thing, though. They have good quarterback play.
2: So, looking at that conference right now, and which is, you know, it, it's just sad that this is probably the best year they've ever had. Just from not, I'm not saying like <laughs> no, no so I know, be- yeah, you know, they, they don't have the vintage USC team from the you know early 2000s, but you've got USC who <laughs> just put up a million points on Stanford uh, and has kind of been sleepwalking here through the first handful of games. You've got Oregon who. <sighs> I don't have to talk about what happened on Saturday night oh, with boy. Texas Tech. That was, that was an all timer. Painful losses I've ever had as a better. Uh, but Oregon's good. Oregon State's really good. UCLA's in the top 25 now. They pummeled you, uh, San Diego State. Utah, how about this? They haven't had their starting quarterback and they beat, uh, Failed, Florida. Yeah. And they beat Baylor on the road. It was ugly, but they got it done. Washington, uh, they play Michigan State this week on the road. Everything that's going on in Michigan State is, is horrible. Uh,
1: hor- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And
0: guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: We'll